Before we go, apologies for the precautions. I only ever rest so much. Sometimes it's just safer to shove the barrel of a Malorian between a Troon's ribs, even if he is on your side. It's nothing personal. No hard feelings, I hope. Odd introduction, but nice meeting you too, Reed. Six 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 could have gone that route. Yeah, too. you could have went. You could have went Satan, I guess, if you're, <laughs> you know, thinking that way. But it's sorry to October. De- sorry to derail you. <laughs> no, you're yeah, good. Yeah. But who's that talking? Well, it's the songbird to my Solomon Reed, John. I'm your host, Nick. And again, this is PlayStation Pals. Now, John, since we last talked, I have some more movie recommendations for horror movies because I, I felt I just. Well, I wasn't prepared, even though I asked the question. Yeah, you dummy. (laughs) So I have some recommendations. Okay. Happy Death Day. I don't think you've. I wonder if you've seen any of these. Happy Death Day. Okay. Which is Groundhog's Day meets a slasher film. Yeah, I've heard. I've heard that's one of those. Well, um, this might be a theme with all your movies, but like it's better than it should be, kind Mm -hmm. of thing. But anyway, keep going. Yeah, great. I got the Babysitter. It's on Netflix. Is that the Jennifer or the 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 Megan Fox one? No, not Megan Fox. It's there is another uh, female influencer in it. I forget her name, but okay. it's not Megan Fox. Uh, the original Scream, of course. Cabin in the Woods. I, I, that is one of my favorite Cabin horror movies of, of all time. Because it, I wouldn't even spoil the premise. You just just watch it. Yep. Yeah. Do, do not say any. <laughs> that that is a movie that thrives off of uh, the less you know. Similarly yeah. to Barbarian, which I didn't mention last week, but anyway. Let's see. There you go. Yeah. I got and Cloverfield. The original. Yeah, not, not mm-hmm. ten Cloverfield Lane. Uh, both, oh, both. Clover okay. Cloverfield's really good, and mm-hmm. then ten Cloverfield Lane is really good too. Okay. If you want to see John Goodman <laughs> be an e- pretty evil, mm-hmm. uh, ten Cloverfield Lane's good. And then I also have The Mist. I forgot about The Mist is a good one too. Horrible ending. <laughs> it's a good ending. It's just oh, I feel for that guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it's it's funny because that he eventually would go on. The guy who made that movie would go on to make The Walking Dead. So there's so many Walking Dead actors. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Well, we're on the topic, and I'm just thinking now that my brain's moving. Gotta, <laughs> gotta throw a shout out to The Shining. I love The Shining. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. It's, there's not a lot of good Stephen King horror movies, but yeah, The Mist, The Shining. I think people, like, so you talk to certain people, they'll argue there's not a lot of good Stephen King books either. <laughs> like, he's just, he's, he's one of those, I think, either people like him or don't. Famously doesn't know how to end stories very well, but is really good at setting them up. Yeah, like Cujo. Did you ever watch Cujo? Nope. No, I, the only Stephen King movie I think I've seen is I've seen It, and I've seen The Mist, and Shining. I think there's so there's probably so many. Oh, there's so many. You might have you might have watched one and not even realized. I it. think I saw the really bad. Um, I think it was called Dreamcatcher. Yes, with, we've, with we've, Morgan. Did we mention that? Yeah, on we the talked show? about it on the show. Weird <laughs> movie to have brought, been brought up twice, but yeah, that movie was really bad, and I remember it was. Just so jarring because Morgan Freeman plays a bad guy, which he's, he's, yeah. he's I feel like he's everybody's, he's like everybody's uncle. You can't have him. Yeah. Mean, so. <laughs> so, yeah, there are some more recommendations. So if you if you are looking for things to watch, any of those, 
You know? Yeah, I mean, feel free. I'll, I'll talk about horror movies all day, every day. <laughs> like I've mentioned it before, but movies are my other kind of uh, passion. You know, okay. I think video games and movies go hand in hand pretty pretty easily. So yeah, man, horror movies and horror movies are probably my favorite genre. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I could I could keep going, but yeah, I need alas, to watch. this is video games. Yes, 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 and we'll be talking about horror video games later. A little Ooh. tease there, but uh, yeah, I I need to watch more horror movies in October. Yeah, I can tell we have a kind of a different vibe with them, for sure. You know, you like the campy, the silly, the mm-hmm. cliche, tropey. And I kind of like the more um, psychological, kind of like heady, heady yeah. type stuff, which most people probably just... Yeah, you, you weren't know, into the uh, Megan craze last year, were you? Megan Fox? Or no, oh, the dumb <laughs> doll. No, no, I wasn't. Um, no. <laughs> I, I, I did hear, uh, speaking of movies that were better than they should be, though, I think it got like a 90-some percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. So, like, it did what it set out to do pretty well. But Yeah, it's the performances are, are really good. I, yeah, they kind of they kind of pulled back on the, the, the violence and the deaths because they wanted to, you know, get the younger people in there. So The PG-13 kinda, effect. That's kind of the weak part of it is the, the kills. I'll tell you what pisses me off though, Nick, is when you try and search something and they peep, they get cute with titles. Like I'm trying to find Megan, they're like, "No, it's a three instead of an E." <laughs> get out of here! Yeah. Just let me find the thing I'm looking for. <laughs> Stupid. Yeah. But uh, there you go, bunch of bunch of good recommendations here. So let's move into how the show works, and this is how it works. John and I can both bring up the three things to the show for a total of six things. It can be a video game we're playing, a news topic, just a general topic in general. It can be our video game character battle royale, which we're going to continue today. And it could be an email to PlayStationPalsPod at gmail.com or a Twitter DM at PSPalsPod or a comment on our YouTube page at PlayStationPals. Any of those things, we feel like talking about it. If you want us to talk about uh, something in particular, you know, reach out to any of those channels. So John's going to kick things off. What are you bringing first, John? Some good oh. news? No, I'm, I'm, a, I'm the pessimist of the show, Nick. Um, no, not good news, not bad news, really not super fun news, but something that I think deserves a conversation. And I'm curious to kind of get your overall thoughts on it because, you know, it's just it's it's one of those big topics that, um, you know, could just be smoke and mirrors, could really be nothing. But I think there is more to it. And so I wanted to kind of just get your opinions. But I've been noticing a real startling trend lately and it's it's really been all year if not a little bit longer that than that but it seems like it's been ramping up a lot lately and it ties into a lot of the conversations we've had on this show about you know the the economics of the video game industry and what that really means on a broader sense of things and but I wanted to hone in a little bit specifically um, on live service games and just how they kind of affect the economy and notably how many of them seem to be uh, in trouble and perhaps making and spelling trouble for a lot of these other companies beyond just even the scope of their game. So I wanted to kind of just start off here, Nick, is um, the video game industry is a $187 billion industry, right? It's huge, huge, crazy industry. (laughs) And this year we saw 6,100 workers get laid off. And that stat and that headline alone just kind of gets me to start thinking, right? You know, we seemingly have this incredibly healthy, incredibly vibrant economy uh, in the video game space that's growing, that's gaining more players every every single year. Uh, But we're still seeing kind of these unprecedented amount of layoffs. And when you start to look into it a little bit more, I think you can kind of start to see trends on this, right? We know that the live, live service game has been one of the biggest genre changes in the past couple of years, um, for good and for worse. But 
I personally think, and I'm going to keep beating this drum, that I think that they are causing more harm than good. And mm-hmm. just going to go through some of the bigger live service games right now just to kind of set the groundwork a little bit. So I took a look at some of the biggest live service games. And I wanted to see how much money these games made every single year, right? Because these companies are chasing and chasing and chasing. And by the way, Nick, if I start ranting, just start screaming or something. I'll stop (laughs) talking, okay? Um, But So I took a look at these, right? Destiny 2 from Bungie, um, $200 million a year. Genshin Impact, $4 billion in the last two years. Uh, Apex Legends, $2 billion in three years. Rocket League, a little over a billion. Um, Final Fantasy XIV, $500 million a year. Uh, and you even got games like Warframe, two hundred million a year, very respectable. Uh, then you got Fortnite. Fortnite makes twenty six or six billion dollars a year, twenty six billion dollars total. So I wanted to say all that because <laughs> it's kind of to frame the conversation around why these game, why these companies are really chasing these dragons, right? Because on the flip side, you think about Sony, you think about what they're doing on their side, right? Making games like The Last of Us Two, making Horizon, God of War, things like that. You know, unfortunately, Last of Us Two only made about three hundred million dollars in profit, and that's off. You know, and it had a two hundred million dollar budget, so made about five hundred million dollars total. You walk away with three hundred million dollars. When you start comparing it to these huge games, it really starts to kind of paint a picture of like, oh, I, I get why these these teams are chasing it. I get why this is, you know, every company's wet dream out there to have one of these games, and maybe they're willing to sustain losses and misses and misses and misses because if you just get one, if you just get one, you have enough. Um, you know, you have enough in your tank to fund so many different projects because that's how these companies typically work, right? You you make a game, you get a profit, you transfer those funds into the next project, you keep building, you keep building, you keep building. But we've created this now new ecosystem of these live service games where we have to continuously put resources into it. We have to continuously have development teams working on them, new content, new pushes, new updates. And it just is, I personally think, and, I, and I, I'm going to keep scouring the internet for every point I can, and I'll bring it to the show when I can, <laughs> but I think it's really starting to cause some damage, um, you know, because again, this isn't all live service related, but it is just, I think, a bigger discussion as the economy of a whole in the industry, right? We're talking about 6,100 people laid off this year. We're talking about huge publishers, Electronic Arts, 1,000 people, Cyberpunk, 30, or I'm sorry, CD Projekt Red, 30 people, Blizzard, Roblox. We just saw the release of Immortals of Avium from Ascendant Studios, which is a new, you know, it was a new team from EA. You know, their first game didn't get great reviews. Guess what? They then had to lay off half the team. We're just living... Same with Telltale. Same with Telltale, exactly. Volition, we just saw the entire team get closed because they had one game that they made that wasn't up to snuff, and it caused an entire closure of a studio and and then of course and we got naughty dog with reports of them laying off all their contractors it's even coming into our own house with sony where these you know we kind of view them as, as having this ironed iron tight buttoned up amazing production line where they can kind of get projects from start to finish in a reasonable amount of time you see you see what insomniac does but it's even hitting what i would call sony's crown jewel studio with naughty dog and it's just getting to a point where you know, I think the saturation point has been been reached well long ago, and I don't know if there's any more money to be made out there, but we're now just competing with people's time. There is only so many games that can exist in this space, and I'm sure people who are listening to the show have heard that same argument from many people in the past, but I kind of thought of this interesting corollary, Nick, and I want to know if you feel the same, and then I have a couple questions for you. I kind of view the, li- the games as a service push 
these past couple of years, almost like, do you remember the MMO push kind of in the early 2000s <laughs> with when World of Warcraft came out and it blew up the industry? It, it completely changed companies' opinions on how money can be made, how we can keep these players engaged for a long period of time. And it really started to seem like there was just companies just like trying to push out a million of these things at a time. Yep. And we don't remember most of them because they were either garbage, uh, they were good games that people just didn't have time for or whatever, but it just got swallowed up by World of Warcraft and then eventually a little bit later you would start to see um, you know kind of some other ones gain steam a little bit but it kind of seems like that because an MMO is a game where you need an incredibly high amount of time to, to get invested mm -hmm. into it right and so inherently I feel like you're now targeting a very niche demographic of like 10 to 22 year olds or 10 to 21 year olds. These are the only people that really have that amount of time to sink into the game. Unfortunately, I would love to, you know, play games for hundreds of hours, but I can't anymore. And so this is a market where there's only a specific amount of time, a specific amount of players, and there's just more and more and more and more and more coming out to the t to the tune of, you know, these teams that have talented developers have money coming in. You know, they're making games like Rumbleverse and um, what was that dodgeball game that, you know, Knockout City and these other games that Babylon's Fall, um, you know, that just come and go and come and go. And while inherently I was kind of thinking like that doesn't really matter to me, but we now know that Sony is spending 60% of their development budget on live service games. So my question for you, Nick, <laughs> is it a mistake for Sony to chase the live service initiative at this point? And do you feel that it's worth it to take the resources away from these teams that could be making smaller profits, but, <laughs> but adhere to the things that kept us here in the first place? <laughs> If that I, will, makes, if I always that feel sense. like we're like the wrong people to ask because we, we are, but that's you know. I we mean, have we podcast. I guess we do play Rocket League. Like that would be mm -hmm. probably the closest. Well, I did play Rocket League, but not anymore. Um, but uh, yeah, we're not we're not the, we don't play these games in any kind of like regularity. We don't have like friend groups that are playing it. You know, you have your one buddy that you play with, and then I just play them whenever I'm just not feeling like turning my brain on and playing a single player game. Mm -hmm. But uh, so to me, of course, it's it's a waste. I would much rather see Sony invest what made them the market leader that they are uh, in the current gen console space, uh, and that is their single player output. You know, they're the Uncharted's, the God of Wars, Spider Man's games like that. But you like you mentioned with all those games making those live service games making so much money, it's so hard to ignore. And it's funny, you. my first thing in my notes is like, this is nothing new. It's just like when MMOs, like you mentioned, with World nah. of Warcraft, and then MOBAs were the next one with League of yep. Legends and Dota, and, you know, kind of the creed, the top smite. ones survive, like, you know, and some get a little, like Smite, kind of just kind of <clears throat> exist, but don't really get talked about a lot. But a lot of those games fail. Like, even Heroes of the Storm, a Blizzard-backed yeah. um, MOBA, uh, which I forget, it's a multi multiplayer online battle arena. Yeah, um, that failed too. So it's this is nothing new. So now that you have obviously PUBG, now Fortnite, and everything else, and Warzone, and everything, there's so many of these things that it's not even just like when you think of like just the resources to 
to keep the maintain a live service game it's just like you're competing for people's time like who who has the time to play more than one of these games at a time no, nobody and then so your only <laughs> option is to rip them away from that game yeah and good luck ripping somebody away from who's spent a thousand dollars on Fortnite right, in the past right, four years exactly. there's no chance you yeah. can't do it you're not going to get me to abandon my playstation library to go on to steam because they have slightly better sales this is, I've, I've created this here. it's kind of like the phil spencer argument when he said that xbox lost the worst generation because there was so much mm-hmm. money and time put on the ps4 xbox one era at which they lost pretty badly that it's going to be hard to rip people away and the same thing here yeah if i have all the skins in Warzone, why am I going to go to... Apex um, Legends. <laughs> well, Apex or, Legends or what's the what's the Concord, you know? Oh, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, you know, like, you know, Bungie's probably... Marathon's probably got the best shot because it is Bungie and they're very successful and they, they know what they're doing, but... Yeah. So, yeah, I don't... I think it's a gamble and it's a gamble you're most likely going to lose. Like, I think when Sony invests in these things you should probably be taking the worst outcome going to happen. It's yeah. just going to, it'll come out, it'll maybe be hot for a few weeks and then it'll go away. And that's my fear because, um, you, you know, Sony's fortunate and I think it was a very good purchase to buy Bungie when they did. I think they saw that the team had value beyond just making games and that was good to do. But I don't know, man. I, I, I have, you know, I'm a pessimist as we established, right? And so I have this, this scenario in my head where just there is no formula to make these games. There's, there's no way to know what's going to catch and what's not. You can rely on your development teams that are, you know, are skilled and are great at making games to put out a product. But again, we're talking with a different currency right now when you talk about these games. And time is just, is, there's no way to quantify and value it. So I just worry that, yeah, Sony's pumps all this money into it. Concord comes out. People go, okay, cool. But like, what's the next, yeah, the next thing that's going to, you know, really give me the narrative itch that I, that I strive for with you guys. And, um, you know, I just really hope that they can balance it all, but I wanted to just kind of keep well, going. You think you, they would, they, well, it's funny. You think like their, their best advantage is to leverage their strength and that's their, their IPs, IPs, right? Yep. So one would think that last of us factions would be a slam dunk. And for some crazy reason, even though Naughty Dog was very successful with factions uh, as part of The Last of Us 1, you know, 10 years ago, like, this game cannot make it to the finish line to where we can even see it. Crazy. Like, (laughs) That's a good segue, Nick. I was going to ask you, will we ever see factions? Uh, I do. I do. But I think it'll be part of a Last of Us Part Two remastered and be much more toned down yeah. as an extra incentive to for people like John and I to spend seventy dollars to play that game again. Yeah, you, really kind of like lessen the amount of load that goes on the live service business model. Put in a few couple, you know, couple things in there here and there. Maybe, you know, if they if I believe Bungie said that there was no long term way to keep people engaged and keep people spend people keep people spending money, which is why they had to shelve it. So, yeah, you lessen a lot of that stuff, put it into Last of Us 2, you, you make a small section of the fan base happy, it's there, and you can move on with it. But And you can probably chop it up, right? Like, if, if it was a live service game, they probably had, like, a pretty good content stream being planned. And you just take whatever's yeah. existing, you release a base game of Last of Us Factions, and then you just add the extra maps and just over the next few months. And... I could, dude. I could even see Naughty Dog going crazy and just retooling the whole thing and be like, "We already have bones. We're just gonna make another single player game with what we have here." But yeah, oh, they're I, doing I, that. I, yeah, I, I think <laughs> I think we I do think we see factions too. But 
you know, it's just, it's just, I'm going to keep beating this drum. Like, you know, sometimes you just have a feeling in your bones and you just kind of got to, you know, keep, keep chasing it because, you know, you know, something doesn't smell right. And I, I'm, I'm telling you guys, something does not smell right. You know, going all the way back to Sean Layden before he left Sony saying that games are getting too expensive to make. I think he really was onto something there. There's reports that Sony Santa Monica um, is now working on a rumored half-step God of War, which is just might be might be the way that we need to do go moving forward, where we have either eight-year development cycles or we have smaller games and we need to train ourselves to kind of accept that being I don't think there's anything wrong with it yeah I think it's smart to take the world and the assets and the engine you make and reuse that for a half-step game or some kind of sequel that's not as you know ambitious Mm -hmm. but still like like Miles Morales is probably perfect like all the work was already done like how how much work did they have to do you know a few new character animations you know, just, you know, obviously the mocap and voice acting and writing, but, you know, it's basically New York City re- reused. And it, that's probably why, you know, we're getting Spider-Man 2, you know, yeah. so soon, too. Like, we've been, what, since 2018, we've, yeah, five, we five, five, five years, we've gotten three, so we're going to have three Spider-Man games. With a Ratchet and Clank thrown in. Yeah, with a Ratchet <laughs> like and Clank. Like, yeah. Um, yeah, and, and I, I, do, I do personally hope that Sony kind of continues to do that, like, you know, obviously, it's crazy important for the company to have a lot of money to be able to play with to do what they need to. But they've, if they, you know, businesses at this and economies at this scale, they're just such fickle things. I think more fickle than we all kind of realize. And just with the, you know, the disruption that the subscription models are causing, both on PlayStation and Xbox's side, the disruption mm-hmm. that live service is causing. I just, I feel like it's a little bit too much volatility out there for everybody to kind of like just be able to control it and before something either pops or bursts or we have to really kind of reevaluate how we just approach games. And, um, and just the amount of games that are coming out as well. You mentioned uh, Telltale and, um, you know, having layoffs. Volition. And, and Volition. Oh, I'm sorry, and, uh, Ascendant. Yeah, Ascendant, like uh, uh, the, the Expanse game and uh, Immortals of Avium are just coming out in this super stacked years. It's mm. like they can't even compete. That's why you're seeing like all these games get out of the way. Alone in the Dark, Banishers of New Eden, Suicide Squad. It's like we can't even you can't release a middling game right now because there's just too many options. You know, I I fear for Alan Wake too because it's it's probably going to be a really good game, but it's like sandwiched between all these heavy hitters and this just giant month of releases. I mean, you have to, at this point, be an, like an 87 or higher on Metacritic <laughs> or Open Critic to really get, I feel like, that pop needed to to break through the middling ground of games to be mm-hmm. like, hey, look at me. Look at me. I'm worth it. And I think Alan Wake will get there. I, I do think, just based on the press and every, and what everybody's saying, but yeah, you either need to be this long-established IP or, or really be something special. And you know, while I understand there are people out there that kind of wish Sony wouldn't rely so heavily on like the third person over the shoulder kind of narrative adventure thing, it's like, you know, we, what do we, you know, you kind of need to have a compromise somewhere and that might be the compromise. That's, that's what we're talking about though. There's such experts in this field is like, that's why they can all just go to what's the engine. Decima? For, yeah, the Decima engine, why they can, Sony Ben can release Days Gone and Horizon and uh, Death Stranding and all these games that use the same engine because, it, again, it's the tools are there. It's the easiest way to make games. And then you have 
these teams that can work with each other to get the game out. It just makes development easier. Yeah. I mean, Sony has always been very good with being forward thinking, I think, on that stuff. You know, even going back to the development of the PS5, you know, I think Mark Cerny was thinking about, okay, how is this going to interact with this, though? And, like, I'm going to be able to extract more power. You can Mm -hmm. see it kind of in their production pipeline, too. Be like, okay, well, if we establish this base here, then that's going to help us in the future, blah, 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 blah. Um, But, yeah, I mean, it's, it's just... Kind of this uh, this thing I'm going to keep beating, this thing that I'm going to keep calling out when I see it, um, because, you know, I'm a fan of, as much as I'm a fan of playing games, I'm also just kind of a fan of the industry. I'm a fan of the these the way that the businesses interact and, and the way we consume this medium and, and whatnot, and I don't know, I just, maybe I'm an old man shouting at clouds and I'm, oh, change, rawr, but it doesn't <laughs> feel like it. It feels like there's... Um, Something's got to give, and I don't know what it's going to be. So I was going to talk about this later, but uh, CD Projekt Red released a documentary about making of CD of Cyberpunk 2077 and Phantom Liberty, and uh, one of the things the head of the studio said was like, yeah, they sold a lot of copies. They announced uh, Cyberpunk sold 25 million and Phantom Liberty 3 million. Mm-hmm. But they say all that really does is, you know, it, it pays for their current staff and funds their next game. Like right. they're not like swimming in money and like, oh, no. hey, everything's great, you know. It makes sense why when Saints Row didn't meet expectations, they just had to fold. There's, you, right. know, there's, you know, and that I think you could chalk that up to Embracer being a really, really bad uh, parent company because mm-hmm. they just buy everybody they can. But yeah, it's just it's it's uh, it seems a little tight out there, a little little tense in the development spaces and. Kind of makes sense why I think a lot of companies are so uh, okay with being bought up right now because like oh security okay thanks yeah. yeah I'll take that I want I want the security even if you know we have to take a little bit of a profit cut but um, yeah. yeah I mean any other any other thoughts on on kind of all that Nick I just I know I kind of probably diarrheaed <laughs> diarrheaed out of the mouth a little bit but um, no I mean know. we didn't mention like one of the the things that. Uh, precipitated this conversation also was hyenas ah uh, yes um, forgot about that one. From, <laughs> I forget who's the developer. Um, they make Creative Assembly. Yes, they make uh, man. I'm good. RTS games. Yeah, your your mind's working the, today, not mine. Ooh, got uh, my decaf but, coffee. But how, that game got canceled, and it's like rumored to be like one of the most expensive games Sega's ever funded. Yeah. And that's another you know, team that laid off some. They laid off some people. And if you watch Hyena's <laughs> like the the trailer, and you're like, mm, that looks a lot like fair game. Like mm-hmm. you you're you're onto something. And like I said, I I would. If Sony should be expecting these games not to do well, I, that's my yeah. thought. Um, even thinking of what was that launch driving game, Drive Club? Destruction All Stars. Oh yeah, yeah. That is another game that is pro- that was probably that's... a lot. I would consider that a live service game. And oh for sure. Just just Fair. bombed and not even in like a heavy air time period of uh, early PS5 ownership. You know, it just couldn't yeah. get the player numbers. So. Yeah, it's just the people, you know, little, little too relying on trends. That, as you said, though, that's always been the case of this industry. You know, it's not, it's not like the uh, movie industry where you can kind of turn around a movie in a year, year and a half exactly. while the trend's still going. You, it takes longer than that, and so, you know, we'll we'll keep an eye on it, and you know, hopefully some ships can get righted. I, I don't, I don't have. I'm not dismayed over the future of Sony or anything by any any stretch of the imagination. I know we're still going to get the games I want. I'm still going to be, um, you know, there day one for a lot of the first party stuff. It's just I hope whoever replaces Jim Ryan is a little more conventional, <laughs> you know, just to not just to not push that ball further, right? You can keep it where I it mean, is if yeah, you need you to, be... but like let's let's see what this crop does <laughs> and then move forward as opposed to like don't put all these plans. In yeah, there. be be a little smart and. Tr- tr- strategic about all, how you go about all this and it seems like Sony 
because of the studio acquisitions and then the PlayStation Showcase where they went so hard and new announcements being only live service games mm-hmm. that uh, it's a little scary. Yeah. They should, <laughs> whatever whatever their next big unveiling is, uh, pull it back. Push the single player games, push that God of War mm-hmm. half-step <laughs> game and uh, pull back on the Concords, the fair games, the marathons, like... Yeah, you know, just the even mix of both. They we'll be should there. be aiming to show probably equal numbers of both. Because I'll be honest too, man. Like I would, I'm I'm so mixed on this. I've had this thought a lot. Maybe not a lot. That's a lie. But a little bit. Um, I would love, I think, a live service shooting type game that I treat kind of like Rocket League, where like you know, not I don't want I don't want to take up more of my cyberpunk time. But mm-hmm. if I can maybe half my Rocket League time and replace it with like <laughs> something else that I can go in and and have a nice feedback loop and you know have some not overly like because that's why i like rocket league it's simplistic right Right. it's like it's easy it's the same thing every time i don't have to learn all these different systems all these live service things like destiny is just a headache when i jump into it i would love something but yeah that's why i thought factions would be great yeah like like, you're familiar with the game you've played it it played really well last of us part two plays so well that you would think like oh hey i'm gonna go play the last of us part two but now my friends are joining me nick's joining me uh, we're just gonna, you know, I'm gonna hit him in the face with his axe. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna just go raid a base and then come back and say call it a night, and I just do yeah, that yeah, every other night, you know, like. Sick. Yeah, well, we'll see, but um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think. Uh, I mean, since these decisions are always made so early, I mean, we're gonna see so many next year. Yeah, but like I said, I. Foam Stars not gonna make it. We we really should have like freaked out when we found out that Rocksteady was making a live service game. <laughs> like a little bit <laughs> that, more. That's another one. Yeah, Suicide Squad killed the Just League. You know, not gonna like, make it. Like that Rocksteady makers of the greatest received games of like a, an entire generation. You know, and then what they're seemingly doing. Not gonna judge it before it comes out. Might be great. Probably won't be. But you know. Um, but yeah, again, another this. thing is just these multiplayer or these storied single player studios, Rocksteady, Naughty Dog, um, Arcane, trying to release like a multiplayer live service game, then it's not easy. Yeah. <laughs> like they all seem to be falling flat on their face. Yep. So yep, there's no formula for it. And, you know, so we'll see. Yep. That's all I got. You'll see. All right. Moving on. We're bringing back the character Battle Royale again. Woo. This, uh, this seems to be a very fun topic. I'm, I know I'm having fun. I am too. And uh, we have some interesting matchups coming up. But uh, let's talk about last week's matchup. We did get some fan feedback uh, from Nick, producer of the show. Hey there, pals. Got to share my thoughts once again because this series is so fun to think about. For the Geralt-Pikachu fight, I would have to go with Geralt. I think Pikachu would give him some issues early on, but I feel like Geralt would end up using his sword to ground all the electrical attacks and use Erden to trap Pikachu and ultimately win. I believe John said that. He is a monster hunter. (laughs) When it comes to Nathan Drake's versus Bowser fight, I think that Bowser is unfortunately too dumb to really find a way to beat Nathan, but but alternatively, even if Nathan outsmarts outsmarts Bowser. I don't know if he could inflict enough damage to Bowser to beat him unless he had access to items from the world of Mario. I think at best, Nathan Drake would be able to trick Bowser and escape, but it would come down to attrition and Bowser would win. Oh boy. All right. And then pal of the show, Jesse, uh, tweeted at us on Twitter and he said, Pokemon, also known as Pocket Monsters, Geralt equals Monster Hunter. I don't think I need to say anything more. Yeah, Jesse gets it. (laughs) And so the winners of last uh, 
of last week's bouts are Geralt and Nathan Drake. The oh. Nintendo property is not doing so well. <laughs> yeah, that's because they're too family friendly. They're not. They're not ready to fight. Yeah. All right. Let me. Uh, let me highlight these. Okay. So Bowser lost. Mm-hmm. Okay. See you, Bowser. And we're Pikachu. Moving. Pikachu lost. We're moving on with Drake. All right. Yeah. Some solid. Cool. Which leads us to the main event for this week. It does does unfortunately. All right, we got uh, probably I would argue the closest possible matchup, <laughs> unless if we had like Sub Zero and Scorpion or something. <laughs> but with Lara Croft versus Sam Fisher, Sam Fisher, of course, from the Splinter Cell franchise, stealth expert, and Lara Croft from the Tomb Raider franchise are you know female Nathan Drake basically. That'd probably be actually the <laughs> the closest matchup. So. I had this argument with John earlier that I got the characters that would be the most explaining because I don't think a lot of people remember who they are. You know, you say Sam Fisher from Splinter Cell, but Splinter Cell hasn't been around and or or even remotely relevant for. But I think if you showed anybody the, like oh, with the oh you got you the mean, noise you mean the yeah if you did, if you showed people that with the three lights I think they'd be like what is that I know that thing what is it so you're right Nick however. There's no shenanigans going on. This is a randomizer. <laughs> I could have gotten Sam Fisher. I know, I know. You chose the first I just pick. thought that was interesting because, yeah, yeah. you know, it was, yeah, it was, it was always the Sam Fisher versus Solid Snake. That used to be a, an argument people would make because those series. <laughs> Even though it's not one much point. of an argument. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, not at all. I, I, think mo- I think you'd find, I mean, those games were very, are good too. You know, I know that. Um, Chaos Theory, or is it Chaos Theory or Black? One of those has one of like one of the best multiplayer modes because it's like you're the goons versus you know the operatives, and they got all this the cool shit. And um, got that good shit. But uh, the only one I played was the 360 one, and I, it's barely in my brain. <laughs> yeah, I've never played any of them. It's a it is a black hole in my gaming my gaming repertoire. And uh, all I remember is that you could like um, you know like you know. Uh, ping like four guys and then open the door and you'd shoot them all at once like it would just automatically happen oh, that's cool so you could peek through the door you know uh what's it called it's like in, it's in battlefield too and you just kind of like mark a guy anyway i don't know it's probably just when that. you mark a guy yeah when you put a little indicator above i their think head. it's when you mark a guy okay yeah there you go <laughs> i don't know <laughs> i'm sure every video game has a different word for it yeah 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 I'm, I'm, I'm used to cyberpunk and it's pinging like yeah they, they use the um, the hack ping and it uh, changes everything. So. Cyberpunk, it's so hot right now. It All is. Right. I'm gonna get my timers. Um, do you remember who went first last week? I feel like I did because I think you went first the week. Before. Yeah, I think so. Um, so, do you have a preference of Sam Fisher versus Lara first, or do yeah, you? Yeah, we can do that one. You want to do that one first? Okay. Because <laughs> the other one's not really much of a. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. We'll let you guys decide. <laughs> All right. Um, okay. Hold on. Let me get stopwatch. And, uh, nope, I'm going to do a timer instead so it actually yells at us, because that's the smart thing to do. All right, I will go when you when you start All talking. All right, Sam Fisher. He's a former Navy SEAL and CIA, CIA operative, and he was chosen as the first agent of Third Echelon's Splinter Cell program. Uh, he's com- He has successfully completed so many covert operations that I think taking on one rich girl traveling around the world... Uh, trying to get Instagram followers and then uh, steal uh, loot from the natives. Uh, I think he could. I think he'd take her down in a in a, in a heartbeat. Natives. 
And, you know, again, you, you heard the patent and sound. He's a master of night vision. He's a master of close quarter combat. You know, the, he used to be the one, like we mentioned, to go against Solid Snake. And if he can take on Solid Snake, he could easily handle Laura Croft. All right. You good? Yep, yeah, I'm good. Boom. All right. Get my timer up here. All right, here we go. Lara Croft. All right, so Lara Croft versus Old Man Time is the matchup this week, folks. We got Lara <laughs> Croft, who's a fresh 35 years old, against uh, Sam Fisher. He's 68 in Breakpoint. Nick, he's an old man. His knees are not what they used to be, okay? Um, so Lara's got the age advantage easily, right? Uh, Lara's only got to worry about one thing. We just got to fight in the daytime, and you're done. Like, what are you going to do with You can't put on your night vision goggles. You're going to blind yourself. Uh and Lara is, you know, she's got the speed. She can outrun bears and velociraptors. Um, get this. Her combat speed is supersonic. I don't know if you knew <laughs> that. She can react to bullets, dodge gunfire, um, which is probably just a video game thing, to be fair. But, you know, we're going to include it anyway. And I think the one thing that we have to take into account with this matchup, Nick, that cannot be forgotten is, is uh, the power of seduction. Lara right? <laughs> is going to seduce the shit out of him. There's nothing. There's nothing he can do. He's gonna. He's gonna look at those triangular boobs and just. And he's. He's done. He's. He's gonna go. He's gonna turn out his night vision goggles. And <laughs> at mo- least his curiosity motor, of motor how button. a woman has triangle boobs is go. gonna get the best of him. <laughs> All right. Uh, it's. A, I think it's time because because you had to go. You went into. There's a website that. Yeah. Specifically talks about how characters would would just stack as a fighter. I was going to bring this up at the end of this segment, yeah. <laughs> that we should that we should probably outlaw it because it was too useful. <laughs> so when John is mentioning uh, her outrunning velociraptors and bears, that's a direct quote from this site, and it was a fun time. The site's great because, uh, but yeah, when it rates someone's speed as supersonic, it's like. Okay, come on. Yeah, <laughs> Even was, in the game world, she just runs. Right. Well, and, and you know, as we'll get to with the next matchup, uh, Kratos is apparently faster than light. So, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, it, it's like some wiki of versus battles, and it kind of ranks everybody and like all the different skills and thing they've they've had in different games. Yeah. Like one of my favorite parts about Lara was she's wielded. Did you know she wielded Mjolnir in a game? <laughs> I believe <laughs> so it. So she can pick up Mjolnir and shock people with lightning. So, but I thought that was a little too. Too ridiculous, but she's always going to have the power of seduction. <laughs> it's true. All true. right. And then for the other matchup, we have uh, our boy. Is she like the first video game babe like that would yes. be on like covers of magazines back in the 90s? Yes. I I can't think of, yeah, I wouldn't be able to think of it. No, graphics one. didn't allow pre, <laughs> pre-PlayStation yeah. N64. Yeah. So like you had her, you had... Well, you always had like the Street Fighter characters, I guess. That's true. Stuff like that. that is like, true. The fighting game characters. And, and the, uh, the ninja chicks from Mortal Kombat. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, so yeah, I don't know, but, but I feel like I feel like yeah, Lara Croft was the first one that like kind of your right. your, your parents would know who that is. Like that. <laughs> He's but. always alone in his bedroom with the magazine. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and so for the second matchup today, guys, we got our boy Kratos from the God of War series, who needs no introduction, <laughs> versus. 90s legend Duke Nukem. <laughs> all right, Nick, I am very curious what you're going to have for this one, but I'll go first, oh, obviously. Um, all right, so we're going to start the timer now. All right, I don't even... I was thinking about just sitting here for a minute in <laughs> silence because, like, this should be no contest. God of war. It should be no contest, but here's Kratos' kill list, Nick. Zeus, 
Hercules, Hades, Heimdall, the god of forethought. It doesn't matter if he know, if people know what's coming, he's going to kill them. Thor, Odin, you know, we can talk about all that stuff. Um, his strength is on par with Atlas, the guy that was holding up the world, right? The guy that can hold up the world, that's the level we're talking about. Um, he is a former Spartan general. You cannot outmaneuver this guy. We're talking the Spartans. That's the top military thing in the world. Like, there's nothing higher than that. He's got Dropnir. He's got the Blades of Chaos. He's got the Leviathan Axe, not to mention all the magic he can wield. And uh, as far as weaknesses for Kratos, there's only one thing that I've found, and he is weak um, to children. He just can't hurt children. So I don't... Duke Nukem is about as crass and horrible of a person as you can get. He's going to he's gonna look at him for two seconds and want to stamp his face <laughs> in. Um, good luck, Duke. <laughs> yes. Oh, boy. So again, I got Duke Nukem, which I John doesn't think I have to explain. Yeah, hey, I'll, I'll give you I'll give you a, a minute and a half if you want to spend the first thirty seconds explaining him. No, no but uh, yeah, he's he's an interesting guy. Think of him as I don't know. Does the, this count? Are we going? No, not yet. Okay, okay. He's kind of a parody of action stars like he's Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yep. yep. Uh, and he, and he quotes them too, of course. So he's an Americanized. Schwarzenegger who says shake it baby and asks girls to like strippers are characters in his show <laughs> and you throw poop <laughs> well that so, was in the most recent one that, yeah, I don't remember on. that in the old ones but, but uh yeah Duke Nukem 3D was kind of a watershed moment game for me because I was a kid and it was the game that you shouldn't play yep. and it played like old school doom and it was just yeah it had strippers it had you know just raunchy language you know at the time it that's corny now, but the th- kid, you're like, ooh, I shouldn't yeah. be playing this game. <laughs> the amount of time I would probably throw a weird $100 bill at a stripper and go shake it is probably yeah. embarrassing. It makes my tummy feel silly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so it, so it was all, and, and it, was a, it was a good playing version of those, but ever, every other version of that series, when it's tried to do like 3D or the famous Duke Nukem Forever, uh, it's been garbage. You know what's really funny, though, is I have a lot of very fond memories of going to my dad's office when I was probably four or five and playing the 1991, like, side-scrolling Duke Nukem. Like, I would, he, <laughs> he, for some reason, had it on his work computer, and I would just sit there and play it. Like, it's great. I, I I've actually would love to go back and play it. It's probably absolute dog shit, but, right. you know. It's just <laughs> right. funny, funny history I have with this series. Right, because I think that's the only... The Duke Nukem 3D is the only game they keep remaking and keep bringing back. Like, they don't... None of the other ones I don't think have ever come back. No. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking at a list right now of the, ranking the 10 best Duke Nukem games. I... Duke, number two is Duke Nukem Time to Kill from 98. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't know what that is, but, yeah, it's saying when the Duke Nukem at the time of his release, was one of the most popular first-person shooter games in the world. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. He, he had his moment in the sun. Yeah. So, there, there, there's the introduction. So, uh, so yeah, he's got to take on, you know, the God of War. So, I'm going to do my best. Yes, right? will. All right. We good? Yep. All right. It's time to kick ass and chew bubble gum. And I'm all out of gum. Yeah, that's right, baby. <laughs> Look how Kratos... Duke Nukem, the legendary American hero who has saved the planet Earth, the entire planet, not just not just for his own personal reasons like Kratos has, not for a revenge story. He has saved the entire Earth from various alien invasions multiple times. And you know, it, it is he is looking at 
probably the strongest opponent in all of this giant character battle royale. So it's going to be very hard for him. But what what Duke Nukem has is an arsenal of weapons, and one of those weapons is called the Shrinker. And what the Shrinker would do is it would shrink them down, and they'd just be a little tiny ant on the screen, and Duke Nukem would walk over to them and, and stomp them with his mighty foot. So, you know, that's his best option to take down Kratos. And, you know, if he can hit them, he's got a chance. God, it's so hard not to <laughs> rebuttal their like, Yeah, but he'd still be stronger. If he's tiny, oh. it doesn't matter. Uh, Strict this from the record, but yes, if Duke Nukem yeah. went to step on a Kratos the size of an ant, Duke Nukem would throw him across, or Kratos would yeah. throw him across the room. So, uh, But what that's fun. stricken from the record. Stricken from the record. Don't take that into consideration. <laughs> All right, folks. Well, please give us your votes. Uh, we'll put up the post, as always, and it is now time to pick next week's contestants. All right, Nick. You want first or second? Uh, I'll just go first. Okay. Na, 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 na. Randomize. My favorite part of the... No, wait. I. You got Duke Nukem. <laughs> oh, okay, great. I thought I removed it. He automatically won. And you got... <laughs> you get bad ones, dude. Uh, Sam Porter Bridges. <laughs> <laughs> ah! <laughs> From Death Stranding, <laughs> Sam Porter Bridges, Norman Reedus. Okay. Versus. <laughs> God. Dante from Devil May Cry. <laughs> it's not fair. It's I think this a, is rigged. It's not another fair one. <laughs> I want the fair ones. I want ones that actually, you know. I, well. But it makes it fun. Kojima games get into some weird shit. So they do. You know, Sam Porter Bridges might have some like fantastical you can't, abilities. You can't kill him, right? Like he can come yeah, back. Like, he's like a what, repatri- <laughs> yeah, exactly. repatriate or whatever. So I think when we we look more into like yeah. him as a character, well, that's why that's what makes this fun, right? That uh, he he might be able to stand up against uh, the devil. The devil. All right, and for matchup number two, Nick. Okay. Ooh, your boy, Solid Snake. Mm-hmm. You got him. There yeah. he is. All right, there's a fun one. Oh boy. Versus. Bayonetta. <laughs> Solid Snake versus... Man, I got Dante and Bayonetta. Yeah. What is that? It'd be better if they faced each other. Would that would be, that'd be a perfect... Yeah, that, yeah that's about as <laughs> even as you can be. All right, so, yep. So, Solid Snake versus Bayonetta and Dante versus Sam Porter Bridges. <laughs> Classic match. Yeah. All right. Cool. So, let's move on to some games we've been playing. And I wanted to bring the Callisto Protocol... Uh, this just came to Essential, so if you're at that base tier of uh, PlayStation Plus subscription, you can get it for free as long as you have an active subscription. Uh, and we did talk about this game last year, so if you've been listening f- to us for a while, you are probably familiar with it. Uh, what this is is uh, a game from Striking Distance Studios. Um, Glenn Schofield, the director of Dead Space, uh, founded this studio, and this is their very first project. And uh, right from the get-go, right from the trailers, uh, this was going to be a spiritual successor to Dead Space. A lot of the, a lot of similar elements that I'll get talk about later uh, is what this game is. And unfortunately, that derivativeness did not help it. It is currently sitting at a sixty-seven mm. on Open Critic. So. Mm. Uh, <laughs> that's not helping it at all. And a lot of people uh, quote uh, its similarities to um, Dead Space for the reasons why it's it's not as good. And uh, 
and I'm about probably I'd say halfway through the game at this point, and I'd have to agree with them. Mm-hmm. Um, not from a narrative perspective, I, I don't even remember the main guy's name. Uh, Jimmy. <laughs> yeah, Jimmy. <laughs> uh, you play the role of. Blah, blah, blah. Oh boy, I can't find wow. it. So prepared. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, uh, I forgot I mentioned that. Just busting okay. balls. It's Jacob. Yeah, of I should have known that. God, okay. I wish it was Jimmy. <laughs> uh, you play the role of Jacob, a pilot who, you know, is just carrying cargo between um, planets, and he's bringing it to this prison planet, but on the way, it is attacked by terrorists. Uh, the the <laughs> ship crashes. Just, I'm just picturing conventional terrorists. <laughs> The ship crashes on the planet, and he is taken into the prison, uh, becomes a prisoner. Uh, he's injected with, like, a, a chip in the back of his neck. And then when he wakes up, all's gone to hell. Uh, very similar to a dead space as, you know, prisoners are running around, the place is on fire, and a creatures are running about, killing people on sight. Um and there are also security robots that are killing everyone on site. So there's a lot of a lot of things going on here. But uh, you'll notice a lot of the similarities from the camera angle, the UI especially is is it's 100% dead space. Like yeah. the the all the menus kind of like appear in front of your character, just like they do in Dead Space. And uh, the enemies, you know, pop out of vents and a lot of similar just theming is all dead space the story the mystery of why like were they experimenting on these prisoners oh there was this religious faction cult within the the security guards and the staff of the prison oh they're doing all these weird experiments it's not everything's what it seems it's all there and it's really bumming me out yeah (laughs) i really wish and just the the futuristic space setting too of course like it's all these things just kind of are just like uh couldn't we gone a little bit different here? Right. <laughs> you know, like, could I? Maybe I could. I be part of a special space force, at like the Marine or something. And we're, the, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Well, I'm not a storyteller, but you know, it, it it bums me out right from the get go. And then when you're drawing that comparison, uh, the biggest weakness here is two things: no plasma cutter, no necromorphs. Those those two things are what made Dead Space what it was, mm. and you know without those things the combat really doesn't hold up. And kind of the big focus of this is kind of their what they wanted to be the unique spin here is melee combat. So you kind of every encounter you get, uh, especially with like the base enemies, is like is like a punch out game where they're swinging at you and you kind of hold the tr- left trigger left to dodge, or you can hold it right. But if they swing again, you have to make sure you're holding in the opposite direction. So, so an enemy will this will happen to you a hundred times in the game. An enemy will run, swing at you once, hold right, swing at you again, hold left. You take a few swings at them. You know, you get like a combo on them. Then they come at you again, same thing, <laughs> and rinse and repeat. <sighs> Why? Now they do add some different mechanics. There are guns, so you can kind of like an old western. You know, you can hit a guy and then. You do a like a quick quick draw, and you can get a shot in on them. But uh, this kind of like rinse and repeat, and the fact that the enemies wait for this exchange to happen, so you can be in a room with like three of them, 
and they'll just stand around and you'll so just, just be, means you need to fight three guys. Yeah, you're just fighting three guys in a row. Mm. Um, sometimes they will take a swing at you from behind, but it's not not often. Like it's yeah. usually right when I finish off that guy, I look behind me and they're the other ones on top of me, and I just have to you know deal with them. Um, so that's negative. Uh, one of the more positive things it does lean a lot on stealth, which makes sense for a horror game, and you're kind of rewarded in stealth. Uh, where you can do insta kills. So if you get behind any, if you stealth your way through an encounter, you can t- essentially like solid snake them or like in Cyberpunk, just choke everybody out. Or in this, you just stab them with a shiv um, and kill them instantly. So you're rewarded for that. And then the security robots are like lethal on site, unless you can shoot them in the camera right away. So you are shoot them in the camera. Yeah, their heads are just giant cameras. Yeah. <laughs> It's funny, before you said that, I knew exactly what I, I, just, I knew that's exactly what they were. And uh, so, so so that kind of forces you into these stealth sections. So it's like a it's a good mix. Um, it is very linear. Like you do not you go from the path you go from the path in a, the main path in a few areas, but it and it does lead you to some loot and they have the you know the voice recordings that are so prominent in other games, including Dead Space. But uh, for the most part, it is, you know, straightforward story. You're going from here to here, and then you'll get a cutscene every, you know, every hour you've played or something. But it's a lot of dead space, a lot of a guy talking to you over on the communicator. Go turn this on. Go to this area. Go do this. Oh, you can't go with me this way, but you can go this way. You have to go underground through the sewers. Okay. Um, it does have a giant water slide. I, I, do you remember that? I from- do. Yeah. <laughs> I remember that was the first part. I was like, what? What, what is going on? <laughs> it got really, it's got really violent, I think. In that, yeah, market. yeah, it's like a yeah. Well, a whole game is very violent. That's, yeah, that's but you have to dodge to like like pillars, and if you keep hitting pillars, you know you're taking damage, and eventually you'll have a gruesome death or spinning blades. But all while you're going down this insane water slide, yeah. which was a which was a little fun mix up. Um, I will say the game is very very pretty. Yeah, like it is a gorgeous game. Great use of the dual sense. Um, I noticed this in Cyberpunk too that the police recordings come through the DualSense microphone. Same this, all the all the communication over. Um, it's the one reason I wish I didn't play with headphones. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, yeah. There you go. Walkie-talkie uh, is through uh, the DualSense, and that's all implemented. You know, the, I like the, that stuff. The the hitting feels violent and stuff like that. So just great and all that, and the the motion capture too. I I believe they worked with Sony on this one. They did. It was the same studios. Or the reason why this game cost $160 million to make, <laughs> which is kind of goes back to our earlier conversation yeah. about expenses. Yeah, exactly. And um, the performances are all good. I mean, it's got Karen uh, Fukuhara from The Boys, show John and I like, but also Josh Duhamel and Sam Witwer. Uh, a lot of great actors and performances in this. So Probably another reason their budget was a little higher. Yep. Yeah. Oh, for sure. <laughs> but yeah, the the but because of the similarities to Dead Space and the combat and the enemy designs, not even coming close to you know, this did come out before Dead Space remake, but now even after Dead Space remake, uh, that's not that's not a good sign. <laughs> um, in fact, it's kind of a bummer. Like EA, just give them Dead Space. Yeah. Let them do Dead Space. Like yeah. let them do. Dead Space Four, or just reboot the series altogether, like just. Well, I, I feel like that's kind of. I mean, usually when these 
studios do remakes of or remasters and stuff it's usually to test the waters if if a, a franchise is ready to come back or if, if people are into it and i know the reception was critically and commercially was good for it so i don't know if that was the intention behind making dead space because i could see that also being just in the category of having enough of a legacy and people loving it so much back in the day that's like yeah we're just gonna put it back out because it's gonna sell so i don't know yeah i don't know if they'd go back to two or but i agree i, I wish that we just get some more dead space Right, and just make maybe make it a again a smaller project. Like it yeah. doesn't have to like these horror games don't have to be like twenty hours long. And I know if you're if you're gonna ask for seventy, you know probably people will want you. <laughs> well, and that was one of the problems make, with this game, right? It's like only eight to ten, which is fine. Again, that's right. fine. But I think it's, it's fifteen. It's I think because I okay. I'm I think I'm just over halfway, at, and I think I'm at nine. Okay. So. Um, right, but well, uh, I'm gonna see it through. I am actually, you know, at least interested to do it, and and it's fun. I don't know, like like horror games are fun to play because initially you're scared because you don't know what to expect, and it can become desensitized. Yeah, but you become desensitized, and it's and it's just I don't know. I just have a fun time, you know. It's like fucking with these things, these monsters coming at me, and just yeah, beating the shit out of them. I mean, how long Two Beat does have it listed at ten hours for the main story, eleven and a half for main and extra, so. Yeah, I'm almost wondering if I should have looked at a platinum guide before this because it sounds like it. Completion's 15. Yeah, so you but, probably uh, went right there, but whatever. Yeah, no, I'm not. You also don't want to hate platinum it, but um, all right. Well, let me. I got a question for you then. So it sounds like obviously we knew this game was wearing its inspiration on its sleeve, but it seems like it. You would you agree that it pushed too far into the mimicking where it's like it's it's egregious? Yeah. Do you think that because Glenn Schofield was involved with the project that it makes that makes it feel a little bit worse or it wouldn't it wouldn't affect how you feel that way? Because I know personally, if I knew that it was the Dead Space guy, I would maybe hope for some new innovations. I right. think like don't rely on your same bag of tricks. Right. Do, you, do you agree? Yeah, I, I I would say that, and I think that they thought that this melee combat was going to be the thing because. It's, in a horror game, yeah, having the things come up close to you and Makes being sense. like engaged in them, and this kind of combat, it is like it's not only just visceral from a you know you're beating the shit out of the people with a stun baton, but uh, at the same time, it's like these guys yeah. right on on top of me. But but the reason we play games is fun, and is right. that as fun as throwing off a saw blade that spins <laughs> in front of you and you can chop arms off with it yeah no no, no. Not, the, the weapon design like i've gotten uh, i gotten another, what was that I, called the ripper yeah the ripper but yeah even uh, i have not even even the worst guns in dead space i haven't even got a gun that came close to the yeah end. they're just i have a shotgun i have a smaller shotgun that's uh, <laughs> like a pistol and then i have a, a, a my just handgun like the pistola from Uncharted, like that little, like, you remember that? Yeah, yeah kind of, kind of like that. Yeah. yeah, it's yeah, it has like, it only carries two in the case at a time, and yeah, it's like if they get up close, but yeah, I gotta say that that that, that relegating what they did with the gunplay kind of feels stupid to me. Like you can only shoot, so can you only shoot when you're in that little window? No, no, you can shoot. You, you can, can shoot you can play okay. it like a shooter, but okay, the That's shooting something is off because the way you shoot is not very accurate. Okay. Like, so, so it's like they almost intentionally handicapped it to yeah. steer you towards melee. Yeah, and, I, and, I, and, I, and, and like I said, and to be scary. I think the game wouldn't be as scary if, you know, again, I'm just bl one-shotting guys all the time. But, yeah, uh, yeah it seems like they – because I, I can't get in an encounter and pick a guy off before he gets to me. Like So I think, like, there's, you know, there's incentive to push for this melee combat. But 
yeah. and then just having the pistol for weird side smaller enemies that die in one shot anyway but uh, all the bigger enemies um yeah all right well i'm glad you're enjoying it and playing it i am i feel like that game is definitely one of the more um prominent examples of just like a what could have been type thing where it's like mm-hmm. you know I, I can't remember a game that like got through previews and hyped up and people loved it as much as well maybe except for Redfall um you know when then when it came out it was like Ugh. like because I remember picking that game up in the fantasy league and thinking like oh slam dunk dude like I was right. such a steal at the end of the year and nobody had it and to get negative three points like what yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah yeah it's it's unfortunate because I like I think I like I said there's a lot of good things to hear I just think the it's not flattering to to be such a direct ripoff of that space and again you know games are decided so far in advance they probably had no idea that space was coming back no they got fucked i mean like it's a (laughs) yeah it was a bad you know bad way for them but you know i i think i think inevitably the downfall of this game will be how much they spent on it because like that's you know, I I would be surprised if stri- striking distance lasts through it. I think they're still technically a company, but they had to lay off some people. Yeah, Glenn's gone. Yeah, Glenn's gone. It could cost so much money to make, and you know, say mm-hmm. la vie. Yeah, again, <laughs> these games just they can't afford to fail. And, right. You know, I, I like. It's, I don't think you can place a gamble on a unless it has a big name attached to it, like a Resident Evil, a uh, big budget on a horror game. Like, like, who else could do it right now? You know, like. I mean, I, it's. I, do you think Silent Hill is gonna make it? I that no, Silent I Hill Two remake. I think Silent Hill Two is gonna be a a, a bad. It's gonna be a, a bad thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nobody's gonna be happy with that. Yeah, I mean, I feel like you know, for a team to make a game in a horror space that's not Resident Evil, it'd have to be like fucking Naughty Dog. <laughs> like Naughty Dog's making a horror game, which right. they kind of did honestly with Last of Us. Like it's right. you know, it's pretty horror, but like it have to be that level of a of a of a trusted developer. CD Project Red's making a horror game, which would be weird cuz they make, you know, um open world, but yeah, I agree though. It's just it's it's such a niche genre that That's why I'm afraid for Alan Wake too, man. I think like it has to have a, it has to hit a 90, I think, just just to have a chance of being break even i think it does but what's encouraging is at least um control only cost 20 million to make oh, it yeah. was like one of the There's one of smarter. the cheapest triple a games that have been made in probably the last 10 years so assuming that remedy can pull off something similar with that um you know i would imagine it's going to be a little bit cheaper at least yeah i think and, and i could see it having legs too like you know yeah and i think i think i have a feeling from all the footage i've seen that it's kind of set in a kind of like the old house, just kind of like a set area, lots of small rooms, lots of, you know, you're going to probably go through the same area as Alan and mm-hmm. Saga and stuff like that. It's a lot of smart game development sure. choices. So I'm hoping I, I, I love remedy and they, they make interesting games. So, yeah, but, uh, yeah, that's it. I will probably finish it and probably do a pop off a quick, quick review of my own sure uh, when i get through the entire thing oh maybe the maybe the end of the story just really blows me away it doesn't I, otherwise we would know that <laughs> <laughs> it, it has a lot of dlc it's like right when you I, obviously since i'm getting the game for free Give it's like on the money. front page yeah season pass all this extra content it got so well they, yeah um, i mean you know they just put it on obviously you're playing it on on Essential, so they got another bag of money there, but I imagine they're not expecting much more to come through. 
right. So. right. But again, it's it's October. I, I need to, I wanted to play a scary game for sure. And this for sure. this conveniently came. So, all right. And then the next thing, Cyberpunk 2077, Phantom Liberty. I promise this will be the last time I bring this game up. Well, you I need must, to review it at the end. <laughs> uh, unless, well, I beat it. Oh, you did. Well, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna get into oh, that. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> but uh, this this will be the last time I talk about it. I'm gonna we're gonna kind of sunset it, and then and then I'll John bring it to, plays <laughs> it. And I'll just bring it. Right yeah, back. as John plays it, of course he can bring it and talk about it. I, you know, there's just so many interesting quests. Like that's all I want to hear is like, what quests have you done? Because I, I want you to get to certain. And then I go, I don't know. Yeah, he barely remembers any details of them. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so. I beat Phantom Liberty. Uh, according to the trophies, there are four different endings. I saw two of the endings for the DLC, and I saw the new ending for the base game that gets added because of the DLC. So, And I've done all the gigs, all the side quests. So I've, seen a, I've seen a lot of uh, Dogtown. Sure. <laughs> and, and again, I'm just going to be repeating a lot of things that I said before. Uh, last week is that, you know, this is obviously a five out of five for me. Um, I, if anyone was following us on Twitter, they saw me tweet out how great the performances are in this game and especially Idris Elba. He's the man. Yeah. He's man. Is he good? And the mocap on him and just like we get games like this is just incredible. I can't even fathom what the, a sequel to this game will look like. <laughs> Did you hear that report that they weren't like ironclad on if they're doing first person again? Yeah, I did see that, which is funny because now so I'm having weird. the I'm having the opposite reaction. It's like, oh, well, you should go first. I'm sure again. they will. I I would be shocked if they didn't. But yeah, <laughs> but yeah, the question still stands: like, what the fuck is the sequel to that game look like? <laughs> that or The Witcher? I mean, you you got to follow ups to two incredible, incredible games. Um, I just from even just from what stories do you tell? I you know obviously the visuals and the fidelity, and there'll be new systems in place, but. I, good luck to them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a it's a daunting thing to follow up on. Um, so I I loved it. I it, again I think it's funny. Mission Impossible is exactly what this is. Really? Yeah. You even get the ability um, late, midway through the game to disguise yourself as someone else. Basically, you have a cybernetic implant that makes you look like other people, and then that plays not only in the main quest but a few side quests as well. So. <laughs> so it's just Mission Impossible in Cyberpunk, and it's great. This is one of those small moments. I wish I was a PC player because you put Tom Cruise's face on your character and <laughs> yeah. you like play the play the theme song while you're driving through Night yeah. City. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, again, it's just everything is Dogtown is a great area to add to the city. Uh, the characters, the gigs go to interesting places, as I mentioned last week, um, and just yeah, a bunch of fun quests and. So, unless you got questions for me, that's my kind of piece on. Um, well, yeah. So first and foremost, um, so I'm, you know, again, I'm I'm not bringing Cyberpunk today, but I am about seven to eight hours in. I'm loving it so far. Would you say I should just buy it, Phantom Liberty, <laughs> so that when I get to that point of the story, I just go through it? Or do you think it's better to just go through the main story and buy it after? The game is so large, and yeah, and the way I, I just want, I don't know where you'll be. When you get when you're able to hit the ending. So wait, okay. 
easy enough. If mentally, you might be like, I'm exhausted. Yeah, I just want, I want some, a little <laughs> I need. I want to see. I want to see this through and not have this side story because the, the base game is fine. Like without it, yeah. you know, it does exist on its own. Even with the the new ending, it adds to the base game. I think you're better off just, you know, getting as getting all the way up to that final mission. And mm-hmm. if you're like, man, I want to play more. Yeah. I don't want it to end. And I want to see Idris Elba. And I've already gotten the platinum. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or you, well, the platinum's rough. I don't I know, know if you do that. but No, I don't think so. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I would say that that is where I will say anyone who's starting the game over now to just, just do it that way. Yeah. I mean, I dude, I am. Like, you know, I've, I've shat-talked Keanu Reeves on this podcast. He's even kind of winning me over. I'm really, really feeling it right now. It's, yeah, it's, um, it's just such a weird like cool mix of the vibes, the soundtrack, the abilities, the story. It's gorgeous. You know, there's very few things to say negatively about cyberpunk. And I mean, maybe, yeah, it's a perfect place to leave it off on this podcast is just like, what a fucking turnaround. Like I, you know, that game, first off, I can't believe that that game came out almost three years ago in its base form. It's, it's, right. it's crazy. It's been out that long, but for CD project red to invest the effort that they did and to pull it off as well as they did. You know, I think they just said that they spent an extra $125 million on this. Again, going back to our conversation on game costs, <laughs> um, just to get it to this state, uh, can't be applauded enough. You know, it's, it's, it's going to be one of those, one of those, um, you know, historical legendary turnaround things, probably, you know, similar to no man's sky or, um, final fantasy 14, things like that. It's just, um, very impressive and, yeah, it's a very impressive game too. So yeah, I'm, I'm excited to keep trucking my way through it. Yeah, and I wanted to. I tweeted this out. Uh, they released a documentary. It's just over an hour long uh, about the development of the game. It kind of covers four employees: uh, the quest director, the lo- uh, a guy that works on the lore, a level designer, and the head of the studio. Uh, kind of they. The four of them kind of narrate it at different points of the game and how they, you know. And I always love development documentaries because it puts a human face on people that make video games. Like actual yeah. humans invest a lot of their time into these creative projects. That we love so much we have to have a <laughs> podcast to talk about. Yeah. It. <laughs> yeah, that, you know, hit or miss or whatever, you know, that... And it's just great. It's just great to see how they responded to, you know, obviously... The, the and admitting obviously which they've done already about how they fucked up big time especially on PS4 and Xbox One versions of Cyberpunk mm. and how you know the and another thing about game development is this the real star of this whole thing is this Powell Sasco he's the quest director he's kind of like he's he's very much like this is like his project and very right off the base, he's like, as a game developer, you probably he's like, you you only live long enough to ship maybe like five to seven games. Yeah, like that's insane. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like you will have you will be in the credits of five to seven games. You know, if they all ship, because if, if they don't ship, then you're not in the credits at all. Right. And or uh, hyenas. You know. Yeah. Exactly. And then watching, you know, as they get they're ramping up uh, Phantom Liberty, and it was shown at Summer Game Fest, of course. And uh, it was it was buggy, right? Yeah. At Summer Game Fest, and he's like, he realizes like, <laughs> they realize on a fresh install of the game on a brand new console that characters' faces aren't loading, so he's got to go through and play through the demo on all these on these consoles because that was another thing. Like their focus was like, we want to show this running on PC, PS5, and 
uh, Xbox Series X. Like, so there's no one coming in and be like, oh, you're not showing the other consoles. This is going to be Cyberpunk already. And when he found out that he that this was happening, like he started crying in this documentary. Like, really? like he was upset because yeah, like sure. this is zero hour. I'm about to show my game, and like we're we're still running into. Think bugs. about that, Nick. Think about our our <laughs> jobs, right? And you're not you guys aren't going to know what they are, but like. You know, we, our projects and things maybe exist on a monthly rotation, maybe, <laughs> and it's not really that big of a deal, and nobody's going to see what we're doing and whatever, right. but if, yeah, if you're putting your name on something, you're you're writing your credits, you're writing your future, and then for it to come out in that condition, oh, I could, I would cry. Yeah. I'd fucking tear up. Yeah, it's oh, they, and they talk about all the, you know, because again, they're in the credits. People look them up and say shitty things to them, because the internet's horrible. Yeah. And, uh. And all they're trying to do is make us happy. I mean, they want money too, of course. But right, and to say that you know people don't care, like you know, or they, or they want to release buggy oh, games, like that's, that's not that. that's not that's not true at all. Well, so. Games developers just and release it, games because you guys won't shut up about when they're going to come out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, and so it's great. It's a lot of real talk from real people about an, an amazing turnaround. Of course, obviously, there's a happy ending to all this. You know, yeah. so. Um, I do have another question okay. because I've been experiencing it myself a little bit. How was the performance for Phantom Liberty? Because I, I have had to, I've had a hard crash and I've had to have to load a previous save due to a character getting stuck like <laughs> above a stairwell. Uh, I did. So you told me the story about your hard crash. Mm -hmm. and, and now I'm going to eliminate one factor is my PS5 turns off randomly, yeah, which I talked about on this show. So like I that would that would happen with this. And I don't think it's cyberpunk's fault. It's just my PS5. Uh, but yeah, I had the hard I had one hard crash. And I think I did have to go back for tw two times for missions being weird. OK. Um, so, but but you were fixed. You fixed it by just loading a previous save. Yeah, yeah. Because that's that's kind of what I wanted to tell people too. Is like if you've been thinking about playing this game, like it's not perfect on a performance level, but I don't think anything's game breaking. And the auto saves are so generous. They're like very good. as my system was shutting down completely, like I'd be shocked as to where my last like when I just go in the menu and hit continue, being like, oh, oh, it, I'm right here. It honestly made me <laughs> mad because I, I I told you this, but there was a mission early on in the game where. Because I've restarted this game three times now, I knew what the outcome was with a certain decision. And so I wanted to make the other decision, and I thought I was, but like the, the NPC character I was talking to took it in the opposite way. And I was like, no, 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 I want to help you. And they drove away. And I was like, and I immediately exited out, closed it, opened it back up because I just wanted to see it. And they're like, and oh, she was, right she was just driving away. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> so, but you know, and I just accepted it and said, okay, well, this is, this is my V. This is my playthrough, I guess. Yep. Yep. So. Yep. So yeah, that's all good. And then, you know, after I beat it too, and I was kind of like in this euphoric state, I was like going back and like, uh, just like looking like I can't think of a game story that was like from development, from announcement to where I am right now. That's more wilder. Like, I just yeah. can't think of like, you know, from, you know, obviously the hype of it being from the team that made The Witcher 3 mm -hmm. to the, that initial reveal at the end of the Xbox showcase in 2018 to yeah. fucking Keanu Reeves reveal uh, mm -hmm. like that never needed to happen, but mm -hmm. for some reason Keanu's in the game to the crazy launch to where it got pulled from the PlayStation store because yeah. it was so mm -hmm. fucked up to this whole redemption arc with it coming out 1.6 last year and being finally playable on consoles. And then, you know, this 2.0 update now where they just 
redid the whole perk system yep. and all these systems in the game and then re- released they, this killer expansion. They rolled up their sleeves and said, we got you, fam. Yeah. <laughs> and I was just like, wow. Yeah. Like, incredible. The only one I can think of to maybe compare is, like, Last of Us 2, and even that wasn't to that degree. I, I remember when that game got revealed at PSX, it was kind of, it was a, what, oh my god, they're doing it. And then, mm-hmm. like, with the leaks, the leaks that happened, and how visceral that all fucking got with yeah, it, to how good the game turned out to be, and now Factions is having this whole thing. So I was like, that's the only thing I could maybe compare, but I, I agree. Yeah. I, especially with how, how invested you were with The Witcher and that team, and how into the... Um, Night, what were those called? Night wire, um, uh, yeah. Whatever those like those little things that they would put yeah. out to kind of show you the progress of the game. Like, yeah, you were, you were, hum- you were hyped, man. And for it to come out, beat God of War Ragnarok for your game of the year, and then get a DLC that's fucking amazing too. Like, yep. yeah, yeah, you, you, you're eating good. <laughs> yeah. So it's like again, I, you know, I, I don't know when we'll see a sequel to this game. <laughs> <laughs> again, uh, as he mentioned, you know. It'll. I mean, they've they've said as much. The director of Phantom Liberty has said he's going on to do the sequel, but you know they they have since announced Witcher Four. I was about to so, say, do you know if like are there going to be people jumping right into that? I probably, I, I don't know how they're probably a little pre production at least. I mean, they're they are a large studio, you know. They're yeah. But uh, yeah, how can they do Witcher Four and the sequel to this at the same time? I don't yeah. know. I mean, yeah. If I were a betting man, I would say Witcher Four. Fall of 2026. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, that's and, what I was thinking. Like, if you're lucky, and, that, and yeah, if <laughs> you're lucky, and then another six-ish, seven-ish past that. Yeah. So, yeah, it's gonna be a minute, but yeah, 2030. Yeah. But. 2077. <laughs> yeah. Yep. <laughs> so, but just, just, just wild, and um, just overall, I probably Cyberpunk ranks as one of my greatest games of all time for sure. It's that that fucking good. Sweet. Sweet, sweet dude. Yep. So sweet. Yep. Mm-hmm. And that's all I got. Mm-hmm. And that's mm-hmm. all we got. Woo! That's four things. <laughs> yeah, I think we're, we're. I think you know, even though we said it's up to six things, I'm pretty sure since we made the change, it's been four things every time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is yeah, you know, it's fine. Yeah. No, and, and we're still going just it does as long. not as as you're listening to this, you can tell it has not affected the length of the show at all. No, because we're more into <laughs> the things we're talking about. Right. 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 Yeah. Exactly. So, oh, <laughs> yep. Uh, Sony sold six million PS5. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> all right. So we got some teases for next week. By our next show. Spider-Man 2 reviews will be out. Oh, yeah. 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 That, that's next Monday, right? Yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. So we will definitely Sweet. be talking about that. Um, I think it's too early to talk about Game of the Year awards. I really want to see where Alan Wake 2 lands. Y- yeah, let's get through Spider-Man. Let's get through Alan Wake. And well, on- I'm talking about no, the Game Awards, not our personal. Uh, I'm talking about the six uh, games that... Yeah, yeah. You know, like, will we'll Starfield be in there? Will Diablo the, 4, these, these little high 80s. Yeah, these little high 80s games yeah. that are, there's quite a few, you know, Sea of Stars, Dave the Diver. There's, like, so many games sitting in this high 80 mark. Are they going to be able to join the, cause, or, you know, Street Fighter, which is at a 92? Mm-hmm. Will that be there? But, you know, who can, is there any chance any game will take down Baldur's Gate 3 or Zelda, Tears of the Kingdom, you know, stuff like that? But uh, no. but I'm excited. The reviews will be reviews will be out, so it'll be hype mode. Because I mean, maybe we'll do like a kind of like a prediction show just about Spider-Man too, like kind of we did with God of War. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I mean it's a it's going to be 
if there was as many PS5s out in the wild as there were PS4s, it would easily be the number one most sold game in the first three days for Sony right. ever. Yeah. It's, 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 and it might still get there. Like it's yeah. every every. There was a guy on our team who said he wasn't buying it. I was I was floored. I was like, "You're not getting it on release day?" I'm like what? I'm like Jack? I was like, "What?" What? So I think a lot of people would be there. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, and again, is one of the biggest releases of the year. Obviously, a big release for Sony, and it's we're on its doorstep. Yeah. You know. Yep. <laughs> yep. My gonna... son will not let me have my PlayStation. <laughs> nope. I got to get Cyberpunk done before. No. <laughs> Well, he's got to sleep sometime, and that's when you kick in. It's just how much of the how much of the game will be spoiled for you. Watch me like I'm gonna like get up early to play one day. He's he's like snuck down there in the middle of the night. <laughs> hey, Dad. Yeah. Oh man. I, I, yeah, we'll see too. I've talked to you about this, but I want I want to maybe even try and get my son to review it for us. We'll, we'll see. I think that could be cute and funny and silly, but yeah, yeah. Because I I like him. I think he's a cool kid. <laughs> Uh, got this loser dad, but yeah, it's you know, true. Can't choose that. <laughs> Back for Blood's another game that died. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, all right. So yeah, yeah. Another, Marvel's uh, Avengers. Yeah, yeah. That was a slower death. Crossfire X. Yeah, yeah. We can mm. do this all day. Mm. <laughs> Captain America. I can do this all day. Shut up. Um. <laughs> uh. So I think that's. I think we're set on the game front. It'll be. Uh, I got it, man. I got it. I don't know if I can do Baldur's Gate three before Spider Man, but I should definitely make that. <laughs> yeah, if, yeah, you should try. I, get, really I could, mean, you're on Act three. I bet you can do it. We'll see. Yeah, it depends on how motivated you are. And I, yeah, I definitely going to finish Callisto Protocol. So Callisto, and then oh, we didn't even talk. We're not going to talk about it. But PlayStation Plus extra games are leaked, mm-hmm. and it's like Alien Isolation's on there, mm-hmm. and I never played that game. Yeah. And I was like, oh, too many games, Nick. Nick, I I installed. <laughs> I haven't played it, so don't freak out at me yet. I installed Sekiro on my PlayStation Five over the weekend because I'm like, I never beat this. I want to play it. Not gonna happen. Yeah. You know, it sucks. It yep. fucking sucks. I'm, I'm, I installed Returnal because I was like, I'm gonna get that platinum. I'm gonna fucking get that platinum. You piece of shit. And my son wanted to play Spyro, so I installed that. Now he's addicted to Neon White, so we're playing. It's like, God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> so, alas, we need a hyperbolic time chamber yeah, for world, video games. First world problems. <laughs> yeah. So, all right. So the song we're leaving you on again. We're gonna, you know, this will probably be the last time Cyberpunk's featured. You know, John. John will bring it, but it, it won't be the same. You know, I'm saying goodbye. So, it's gonna be a Phantom Liberty song called Phantom Liberty. Uh, by I'm gonna I'm I'm sorry I'm gonna butcher the name, Dawid, Pasiadlo Pasiado, Pasia Pasiadlo. Uh, I don't know. Oh yeah, Pasiadlo. Yeah, you got it. I would say it's probably David, but because in Poland W's or V's. Oh okay, but there you go, David. Who actually? Dawid. Who if you if, if you look this guy up, he does make a cameo in Phantom Liberty. Character, oh, he does like the thing from God, the hurdy gurdy guy from God of War. Yeah, <laughs> he shows up in the game. Yeah, yeah. So uh, you'll you'll notice him. In fact, since I had known what he looked like before, uh, when he showed up in the quest, I was like, oh, hey, it's that guy <laughs> peeking at me through a door. Uh, but uh, but so that song again, uh, another vocal He's like song. Thirty years old. Shut up. <laughs> uh, you don't want to be a accomplished Polish singer. Ooh, I would love to. That's what I'm saying. I'm 34, and I'm not an accomplished Polish singer, Polish singer yet, so. <laughs> Gotta figure that out. 
So enjoy the song. It's great. Again, I, we featured a lot of songs with vocals in it. You know, Blood, Blood Upon the Snow is a favorite of ours. God of War. This, this is another great song. So enjoy the song. And we will be back next week with Up to Six Things. Bye, guys. See ya. Why isn't starting to
found out Treasures are always lost Pleasures are lost